Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. I'm here today with an old friend. Well, Rod, you're not that old, I guess. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I got to be careful when I'm, you know, saying that to people who are probably younger than me. <laughs> but my twin sister is turning 50 this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And I'm pretty close to her, so. Congratulations for living so long. <laughs> I know, right? Half a century. Without getting too distracted by that. Folks, this is Rod Richardson. And Rod, you and I have known each other for a number of years. Yeah. In fact, you were on the show before. Folks, right. if you want to go back in the archives, there was a show that we did about residual income. Right, probably. Do you even remember that? Yeah. I, yeah, I remember, I, I remember coming in. That would have been like six years ago. It was probably six years ago. We've been doing this podcast since 2007. Okay. 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 Yeah, so that, yeah. I mean, that's before podcasting was a thing. <laughs> I don't even Did know they how have I got that technology on. then? That's I know, so... right? But I had some really insightful friends at that time who said, you know what, Paul, you ought to get into podcasting. Uh-huh. And I'm so glad that I was led that direction because it's just been a grand adventure to interview people like you. And you know what? You've covered some ground since we talked last. Oh, yeah. 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 You've had some grand adventures. Right. Right. Yeah. A number of them. <laughs> Do you want to just give a quick synopsis for our listeners what, what I'm talking about there? Sure. Do sure. you want me to brag on you? What do you sure. want to do? Well, you can brag on me. I, yeah, you probably better <laughs> Well, I told... Folks, I told Rod before the show that I may introduce him as the grand guru of all good. <laughs> And yeah, that, I, probably, I probably wouldn't have thought of that one. That seemed, that seemed a little intense. So maybe we tone it down a little from there. I mean, you're just a regular guy. But you figured out some things. You are one of the worldwide leaders for a very solid um, multi-level marketing direct sales company that is providing a product to the world that really enhances and changes lives. Right. Um, some of some of the listeners may be involved with the same company. It's called DoTerra, mm-hmm. essential oils and and wellness and all kinds of good stuff. Right. That's happening there. But since we talked last, you got involved in building some international um, business around that product and that company. Uh huh. And you've you've learned a lot in the process. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, I'm still fundamentally an entrepreneur, I guess, when it, when it comes down to it. So. Right. That part hasn't changed. Right. But you've discovered some of the principles that actually contribute to or create success. And I'm going to use that term very cautiously, I guess, because people define success in different ways. Mm-hmm. But... By every description of that word, most people would consider you to be successful. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. I think on the world scale of measurement, I would. I would definitely be on the upper level mm-hmm. of of success, in, including success with the IRS. Right. <laughs> Didn't know we were going there today. But hey, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, I've discovered uh, discovered some very fascinating things about taxes as you yeah. become very, very successful. It. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And the IRS still loves you because oh, you still really pay them more them. taxes than yeah. most people do. Right, right, right. Yes, yeah, the so wealthy pay go. their fair share and everyone else's too. Yeah. <laughs> Rod, I've been, I've been eager to pick your brain a little bit. Uh-huh. I, in fact, I told you over lunch today that I, I had a conversation recently with a man who was feeling a little disgruntled. You know, in the network marketing direct sales industry... Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of companies out there doing all kinds of pitches, trying to bring people into their ranks. And th- our purpose here isn't to, to support or promote any particular company. Mm-hmm. You've got one that you've found that works really well for you, and other people might have some companies that are working well for them. Right. There are some key elements, though, that some key principles that you've identified that determine how people can succeed in this kind of an of a venture right is that accurate yeah absolutely i think uh, i think a lot of people's misconceptions about network marketing have stemmed back from the past Mm -hmm. and when the industry first started to explore itself and uh and then there was probably a period of time where it was really opportunity driven right uh, which uh which kind of confused i think how people think about it in terms of the business Mm -hmm. But I, but I, network marketing has grown up uh, as well. It's matured, uh, somehow. Huh? Yeah, it's matured, and uh, and uh, a lot of companies uh, or a lot of people's negative experiences with the industry are probably directly tied to uh, whether or not the company actually had a real value proposition. Uh, meaning mm. that do they have? Does the company have a product that they're genuinely trying to market to a consumer base? Meaning that they had a choice between retail or direct sales. Uh, and then they chose the direct word of mouth marketing model because it's a more effective way to distribute products that require more education. Uh, right. And so, so if a company approaches it that way, then it can create a very viable business because mm-hmm. because ultimately uh, success or a successful network marketing company is going to have majority of people just using the products. Uh, and a few people or maybe 15 to 20% of that population even attempting to create an income with it. Uh, mm. And so if that, if that becomes a scenario, then you, have, you can create a scenario in network marketing that's really similar to traditional business, uh, except the difference is as an entrepreneur. So I, I've been an entrepreneur on all sides. I was a dot-com founder uh-huh. of a dot-com during the dot-com era, created a multi-million dollar enterprise in a very short period of time. High valuations went was in the process of going public when the dot com reevaluation took the place. Dot bomb. <laughs> right, 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 right. And then I formed a traditional service based business, a consultancy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and I you know ran with that for about four years and with my partnership. But it didn't take me long to figure out that if I didn't work, then I wasn't going to create an income. Right. And, and eventually, my, my ability to sell overpowered my ability to deliver. So in this consultancy, mm. I, I got, we got really great at marketing our services, and we got a huge service load. And then we, we 
uh, we couldn't do both, create the income and fulfill the product because it was all tied to us. Um, oh, yeah. And so, so uh, you know, and then from there, then I created another traditional business that was kind of product service based. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that started to create a little bit of a passive flow through the sale of products mm-hmm. uh, that was all marketed traditionally uh, and, you know, kind of more of a traditional business model. Uh, but again, uh, you know, it was really hard. Uh, we were having to invest tons and tons of money to create inventories, to manage customer support. We had to develop and design all of the systems, mm-hmm. uh, all of the internal corporate operations, cash flow management, you know, so we were CFO, COO, CEO, C, you know, those customers C-suite. were receptionists, garbage can, you know, we were the whole, yeah. we were the whole crew. Uh, and we started to put on staff, which increased expenses and it made it harder and harder for sales to keep. Well, in network marketing, there's basically the sell of the product, and half of the revenue goes to the corporation, which manages all the overhead inventory, customer support, product development, research and development. They just do all that for they you. They do all that for you. And then 50% goes to individuals that are willing to devote their energies towards marketing that product by word of mouth. And, uh, and so I think if people, uh, if people don't comprehend the network marketing model, they do themselves an extreme disservice by being negative about the industry because it's really my operational overhead for my now multi-million dollar network marketing business, International Mm -hmm. Network Marketing Corporation, uh, with tens of thousands of people all over the world, um, I'm I'm able to function like that, but my only required overhead is my $100 a month order. Right. And and so, uh, so I... I split my half of the uh, the millions of dollars of product sales that we have every month. Half of that revenue goes into my team, into my field. You know, mm-hmm. the people that are effective or getting to checks. compensate right the people who are working. Right, right. So we, mm-hmm. you know, we have you know uh, almost three million a month in sales. You know, a million and a half dollars is going into my organization and being distributed among several people that have shared. Right. Should that, well, that's that's genuine, real life, hardcore revenue, uh, mm-hmm. and in a traditional model, people don't realize this. But if I have two opportunities to sell a product, I can sell it retail traditionally, or I can sell it through direct word of mouth marketing. Okay, so so I just told you the network marketing model: fifty percent goes to the field, fifty percent goes to the corporation, mm-hmm. uh, and that handles all the marketing energy of the company. In the traditional field. When you go to the convenience store and you buy a bottle of chocolate milk, mm-hmm. a percentage of that sale goes to the cash register person, goes to the software people, the internet people, the overhead of the building, it goes to the person that sweeps the floors, and eventually some of it might arrive at the, at the owner, hopefully. <laughs> right? Right. right. And, uh, and about half of it is probably going back to the cost of goods. Right, which is the corporation, the Mars company, or the you know, or the Meta Gold, or the whoever, or whoever. Right, the Dever, right. you know, they who's managing all the product development of that specific product. It's right. the same model when you when you break it down. Different marketing strategy. Different marketing strategy. So so if people have a negative view of network marketing, it's really unfortunate because I'm a major advocate of freedom and liberty for individuals. And, and I understand from myself and my own experience that free enterprise uh, 
is the way and the pathway if you don't want to live just an average existence. Uh, if you want the opportunity for above average mm. existence, uh, it's going to require that you're no longer operating by the rules of the world, which is education, jobs, employment, which are all great. Not, not dissing that at all. But, mm-hmm. but that the world is designed uh, and it, essentially government and everything is designed to pull from that group. Um, and, and so yeah. there, there really is minimal wealth creation down that channel. Um, but you take something like network marketing and now I have employee level expenses but I have the opportunity to create executive level incomes. And, uh, and so, so that's, I, mm. I think you had asked me before, said we had no agenda for this call. Uh, I certainly, you know, yeah. I certainly, I'm, I'm already well successful, so I'm not here to promote my thing or any, anything like that. Uh, I mean, in fact, it's more energy for me to take on people than it, you know, than it, than yeah. my time is more valuable. And, right. and so, so the principle, the principle here though is, uh, just helping to advocate, you know, for a viable way for people to discover freedom. Because in that in that process, they're going to learn those skills and abilities that will help them succeed at anything they want to do. And, uh, because the principles are universal. Right. Right. You're uh, you're pulling back the curtain for us a little bit here, Rod, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Because I've sensed that from you. You're not here to try to recruit people to your team or anything like that. Although, folks, that is available to you if you choose to go that direction. I'm sure you can be accommodated. But the whole point is to to open our eyes and take a different look at something that we thought we understood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And op- open up some possibilities that way for what's coming. Um you've seen some principles mm-hmm. that actually work and you've shared a few of them with us as you've introduced this topic that having a valid value proposition has to be at the core of any business would you agree oh, with that absolutely absolutely um, you know there's uh, you know there's uh, there's scams in the world there's no doubt there's scams in the world right and scams are not isolated to network marketing alone you know, scams exist in your financial planning services. They exist in law. They exist, you know, they exist in professional services. They exist uh, everywhere. People are trying to lending. I mean, yeah, the way the way to get scammed is 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 variety. There's as much variety in that as there is businesses and opportunities that there are available. Right? right? There can be a scammer in anything. There's scammer restaurants. There's scammer grocery stores. You know, the, the same type of thing. But on the other side. There are fantastic professionals, you know, right. professional law firms that create great value, great financial services, great grocery stores, you know, great uh, gas stations, and so, uh, and they're great network marketing companies. Uh, and in in the thing that defines great is when the company is organized for a purpose, and that that purpose isn't just to right. generate cash. Uh, you know, drug lords, right. for example, are in the business to generate, you know, whatever the I should be careful there. Might you know what? The wrong radio, but <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but but there's but there's lots of things that are designed just for the cash. Yes. And uh, uh, you know, I get I get uh, telemarketers calling me all the time uh, for different 
different little scams trying to get right my social security number. We've right. all been there. Right, right. And uh, but on the on the other side of the spectrum, we can take the same tools, the same instruments, uh, and we can create some phenomenal things. And it comes right back down to why did the company start? What is their goal? Do they have a mission? Is there is there purpose for their existence? Right. In a company that has a strong why. Um, uh, why do we exist in the world? What problem are we solving in the world? If they can get that down to a phrase, then uh, then it's pretty powerful. Like my team, for example, mm-hmm. is very successful, but we boiled it down to our cause is to lift others to liberate the world. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's our cause and it's our mantra. It affects everything we do. We talk about that. We design training around that premise. We, we the purpose that paint, drives everything. Right. We drive things. We use our team resources to create this future uh, in increasing our abilities and funding right. nonprofits and, and funding entrepreneurship mm. and expanding freedom and sharing our knowledge and all these things because we're clear on that goal. Yeah. And Apple Computer was clear on that goal. When they started, their purpose was to have a usable, affordable computer on every desk. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so they got it down to that, and now you, what do you have? You have the most valuable company in the world. So I can tell we're on track, and when we come back from this break, we're going to dive a little deeper into what you've discovered in that process. Folks, this is Rod Richardson at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Live on Purpose Radio listeners. The fact that you're listening to this show probably means that you're a fan of personal development. Your personal development library should include copies of both of my books, Pathological Positivity and the pocket-sized companion, Portable Positivity. There's a .com for both titles so you can share these books with others. I also have a special offer just for listeners of the show. Go to drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R for Live On Purpose Radio. I'll send you signed copies of both for a special discounted rate. That's drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com The best way to find out if you can trust somebody is to trust them. Ernest Hemingway So, Rod, before the break, you shared with me 
some ideas and insights that you've gained in the industry of network marketing and that it has to start with a value proposition. Right. That's the only valid place for any business to start. I, I was thinking of, of a company that I was aware of. It was a flash in the pan. They didn't exist very long and there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. The founders of this company saw what network marketing companies were doing to create wealth primarily for those original distributors, the ones who get on first, you know, right. ground level. Right. And so they said, let's do it. Let's build one of those companies. Now, what can we sell? Right, right, absolutely. <laughs> Which absolutely. is totally backwards, right? Right, right. The ones that I'm familiar with, and I know personally the founder of your company. Uh -huh. And I know, I know this is a man of, of character and integrity and I know some of the reasons why he started this thing. Uh -huh. And another company that I'm thinking of, I've interviewed a few of the people from, from that company on my show, where there was this amazing product that mm -hmm. created such value in the lives of people. Then they went from there to, how can we get this to more people? Mm -hmm. And then network marketing, direct sales becomes a very viable option for that. But it's a whole different direction where you start with the value. Right. And then you go to the strategy for how you're going to get it out there. And the natural side effect, the residual side effect of that is income. Right. That's where the cash flows. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Was that fair how I yeah. <laughs> presented that? Yeah, that was great. That was great. Yeah, so it's uh, you know on, on that value proposition is really important and you know if you're if you're looking how do you tell you know, um, if something has a strong value proposition, it doesn't take much to move it. Right. So because it sells itself, basically. Right. right. You know, just uh, just for example, if I were to say that I have a brand new Mercedes Benz, I just mm -hmm. pulled it off the lot. Unfortunately, my uh, my evil gambling habit over the weekend got me in some trouble, and I have to liquidate it really quickly. Um, Paul, do you have seven thousand uh, dollars? And I'll let you have the title to my for brand the new brand new Mercedes. Right, that's not a hard sell. I don't even have to put it in the paper, do I? I don't even have to check to see if I got seven grand. Right, right. <laughs> you make the deal. I mean, there's yeah. I, I mean, the value proposition is so clear. Yes, you know? right. But but if I came and, and I told you, hey, Paul, I just you know I bought a brand new Mercedes and it's black and I've decided that I want a blue one. But uh, you know, I paid about 120 grand for it. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll let you have the black one for 140, and uh, so that I can go get my uh, uh, my blue one. Yeah, I'm feeling all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Now I can now I can beat my head into the ground and nothing. You know, it, it why are people buying this? Right, right, right. It's. Uh, uh, and, uh, and so it seems like a no-brainer. Right. It seems so clear. You got to start with value. Right. Right. There's got to be a clear value proposition. So the other thing is uh, retention. You know, uh, it, it's you know a strong retention rate is going to be reflective of a strong value that right. a company, company is offering, and that that means uh, uh, that means how many people repurchase from that specific company. Um, so, for example, in in our company. 70% uh, of all accounts will reorder at least once a year. And 64% uh, and, and of all accounts will order regularly, meaning you know, at least 
within a three or four month period. They don't want to run out of what you're providing them. Right, right. See, it's it's huge. And about, you know, there's about um, uh, 85% that are just there for the product. So it has a strong customer base, strong, strong customer influence uh, mm-hmm. in it. And so, so if you take that concept of retention rate, we would consider uh, Walmart, for example, people, a lot of people, all of us probably have Walmart in our vocabulary. Because mm-hmm. at, at some point for the staples of our home, that's we're buying stuff there right. cheaper. You know, we're hard pressed to find stuff cheaper, and as a result, small communities struggle when a Walmart comes in. You know, because because the they have a better value proposition when it gets down to it. Right. But their retention rate is about fifty five percent of yeah. customers that return to the store on a regular basis. That's retention. Right, uh, and so so in in order for an opportunity to work, there has to be a strong retention rate, and there should and that will be reflected in a really strong customer base that's ordering the product on a regular basis or participating with the store on a regular basis. Right. There's a lot of directions we can go with that. I'm feeling though to to go a little different direction for a few minutes while okay. I've still got okay. you here. Sure. Because there's it's more than just the company. It's more than just the products or the opportunity that's there. Right. And hopefully folks as you're listening to this uh, chat that I'm having with Rod today, you may be evaluating something in your own life about whether to move forward or what you need to do to hit that next level of success that you're looking for in your own life, whether that's financially or in your own happiness or in your family or whatever it is. There are principles that govern those outcomes. And you said something to me earlier, Rob, that really struck a chord with me. And it has to do with the personal commitment to do what is required. Right. Absolutely. Now, I don't know that you used those exact words, but... Uh-huh. It, it was pretty close. I mean, that was, a, that was good. Talk about that for a minute. Sure. Because I think there's a lot of people who want or profess to want something. Right. But they're not willing to show up and do what's required to get there. Can you address that? Sure. For absolutely. Now, I, I'm going to put a book recommendation out, too. If, uh, if, if you haven't read the book Think and Grow Rich... Napoleon then, Hill. Right. Then that's a that's a book you definitely want to you know you want to go on and order and get that book in your hands. Um, it's. I thought a, you were going to say pathological positivity. Right. Right. I mean that would be the well next that one, one too. Right. <laughs> right. 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 All right. I'm it's, a Napoleon Hill fan. Right. We can go there. Right. But it's so it's so good because the you know the crux of the book is getting your mind centered on the. Uh, in, into a state of desire and ter- determination so that all of your activities and your being are, are laser-focused on, on this. And it's amazing what you can move forward when your intention is directed at something. If you're on the fence about something, it's really hard to make progress with anything. And so I found that success, even among my own team, uh, has to do largely with the priority level somebody puts on it. Uh, so if, mm. if people put no priority on it, like, like I have people that walking the dog is more important than their business, right? Right. And, and so then, then, then they're saying, why can't I make this thing work? Well, you know, it's like, okay, we'll show up here at four o'clock. Well, I can't because, you know, that's when I walk foo-foo, you know, or fluffy. <laughs> and uh, and it's like it's like okay you know well Fluffy hasn't had anyone home all day so I you know I've got to go spend time with Fluffy 
Uh, and, and so I can't come to the meeting where I'm going to learn life-changing or, or skill-developing. <laughs> right. Right. The priority level has gone down. And then I have other people that would hike across the country barefoot. To get there. To get there. And, uh, and they become so determined and focused. It's no longer about barriers. It's about solutions. Right. And, and unfortunately... Not very many people possess that, which is why not very many people succeed at, at what they do. Uh, and and again, we you know in the world we talk about one we're one percenters. Mm. Uh, there's one percenters or a, a tax bracket. There's one percenter income earners. You know, there's one. Everything's got you know virtually every company on the planet. Uh, you go into their sales department, and there's going to be the one percenters that are carrying ninety percent of the sales of that organization. One percent right. of the sales organization. Uh, there's one and or that's two. That's true across right. It's different cool. industries. Yeah, it's that's true across the board in every way you look. Uh, think of how many people start out of medical school, uh, mm-hmm. think desiring to be a doctor, but they can't. They don't even make it through the education, or they get out into the education and then they they don't perform in their job, or they treat it lightly, or they're offensive, or different things like that. Uh, now I might be as I'm listening to this, Rod. I might be tempted to think, oh well, then what's the use? Uh-huh. You uh-huh. know, because I could never be one of those one percent, right? It's all. See, that's uh, basically you and I were talking right before this uh, podcast about mm-hmm. uh, about how you have a choice over that. Now, in typically, for example, I am now I'm a one percent. I'm in the one percent of income earner categories. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a one percenter, and uh, and and what I've realized about that is there wasn't too many years ago that I was on the lowest part of the income spectrum, mm-hmm. um, you know, through, through economic downturn sales and our organization going to zero, you know, or down, you know, being cut by 90% right. and, and on and on and on to where there's no, where, where, you know, where I was uh, living with assistance and all, all kinds of things. And, right. And so I think you used the word poverty earlier. In right, our, right, right, right. I had my own, own poverty. You know, the, my physical world was poverty, not my mental world. Yeah. Uh, and because my mental world was not in poverty, I, you know, I eventually kept, kept trying to get traction, and I did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I made, when I, I became laser focused on what I was uh, determined to accomplish to do, mm-hmm. I became determined to do it. And, and as a result, I started getting results and effect uh, and then as right. I gained that built my confidence level next thing you know you know next thing you know I'm in the one percent in other words I chose to be a one percenter it's uh, it's not a, a, it's not a genetic uh, it's not a genetic predisposition yeah like you know I'm a big advocate for this whole choice thing mm-hmm. I didn't invent the concept but I'm really fond of it uh-huh Choice. We don't always get to choose what happens to us. Mm-hmm. But when you say we have a choice, you're talking about our position, our mental attitude, our, right. our perception of ourselves and the world around us. We do have a choice about that no matter what. Right, right. And you know, to measure this is kind of a little uh, tool that I've developed for myself, a mental tool. Okay. Uh, and I call it the gratitude meter. Mm. And, uh, and essentially, if you picture like a gas gauge yeah. you know, on, your, on your car, uh, except you change the words to one side is uh, judgment and one side is gratitude. 
And so the meter, mm. the meter can either swing towards judgment or gratitude. So now as you approach any situation, you can assess, am I in judgment or am I in gratitude? Gratitude. So gratitude will create humility, you know, and, and uh, judgment will create pride. Right. And, and so, so what I've learned, and I use this tool, especially in some of my lowest times, because it allowed me to uh, focus, uh, if I got into a state where I could easily allow my mind to go into negative judgment about my condition, then I would reverse that by focusing on any portion of gratitude that I could get a hold of. Yeah. And, uh, and I used to look around, we had a little mm. apartment and things like that. And I used to look around at the trimming on the, you know, the edge and the carpet. And I would start to uh, program myself to feel gratitude for these things. For what you had already. Right. And if I couldn't do anything else, I'd look at my hand and I'd move my fingers. And, I'd, and I would just be, I'm so grateful that I can move my hand. And I'd move my arms and I'd go, I'm so grateful that I have mobility in my arm and, and, uh, and, and that I can see. And I would just start listing these points of gratitude. And you know, it got me to a point where I had trained my brain to physiologically respond to gratitude. Yes. And, and I was driving down the road one day, the first day I realized it, that I had gotten myself so proficient at this that I had trained gratitude to be part of my being, that I was driving down the road and I saw a tree. It was just a dead tree. And I had this amazing feeling of gratitude and love just flowed over me for this tree. Wow. And, and then uh, and I was like, that is the weirdest experience ever. <laughs> ah. And then I went into a parking lot at my school and I turned around and there was a blue Suburban. And the sun hit the blue paint and it just looked so beautiful. And I remember that same thing happened. I had this wash of just sheer gratitude flow over me for that person's blue vehicle. It wasn't and even yours. It wasn't even mine, but I was so grateful that I was able to see it and you know, it just that it was there. But if you can get into that state, I've noticed that miracles start to happen. And, uh, yeah. and it, it moves you into a space where you can gear yourself for success. And there are so many reasons, Rod, why that is so true. I could, I could explain to you all the psychological theory behind uh, it. Uh-huh. You're onto it. And even though it sounds like, and listeners, you might, you might have thought this too, Rod has lost it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, in a way, you have or to have lose it, it before you can find it. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's one of these paradoxes in life that as you get to that point, I right. love the way you described that. As you get to that point, it opens up possibilities that were not there before. Right. It literally creates opportunities. Right. And that is so much fun. Right. And think about, you know, think about people that you've been, do you like to be around people that have negative judgment or do you like to be around people that have gratitude and have humility? Uh, let me think it. about that. Right. And if you think about the people you like in your life, it's probably because, yeah. the, because you feel like they love you and because you feel that they're humble. Right. And, uh, and you appreciate them because there's no pretense, there's no fear, no it's, worry. It's not an act. Right. What it's their agenda genuine. is or anything. Rod, you've created some value for us here today. <laughs> Thank you for joining us at Live On Purpose Radio. Oh, you bet. It's always awesome. There's probably some of our listeners who are thinking they want to become groupies or, you know, uh-huh. come and follow you or find out what you're... How can people best 
connect with you? If, uh, if probably the best way is through email. They can email me at rod, R-O-D, at edgesuccess.com. Rod at edgesuccess.com. Right. Sounds great. And I'm on LinkedIn and things like that too. So, What's a final little message you want to leave our listeners with today? Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, if you, if you desire success, the first thing to do is realize that it is your opportunity to do so. Meaning there, uh, there is no predisposition that one person can succeed and another cannot. Uh, mm. it's, it's literally whether or not you can believe that it's for you and you have enough desire that you're willing to, to pay the price for it. And, uh, and so, so if you want it, it's there. I mean, I've gotten, to, I've gotten to the point now where I've understood this principle so deeply that, that uh, now I'm like, hey, if you want to succeed, you can. The ball is in your court. It's an available option. Right. Choose it. Right. And whatever you do, don't blame me for your choice. There you go, folks. From the grand guru of all good, Rod Richardson. Here at Live on Purpose Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's time, everybody, to live on purpose. <laughs>